Hey there, fans of brotherly love wrestling. It is I, Vic Delicious. Philly's own, the Mecca here. It is the real McCoy, J.D. Axe, Justin D. Xavier. It's your man, C.D., the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old friend, R.J. City. Hey there, brotherly love wrestling. Bill Carr here. Hey everyone, this is two-time guest Wheeler Yuta. Two bozos from Philadelphia flapping their gums about pro wrestling this, pro wrestling that. Which is not that unique in the grand scheme of things yet. You are in for a treat because you're tuned in to Brotherly Love Wrestling. Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on today's show, we have the two-time winner of the FTC Rumble. And he currently holds the trophy for 700, over 735 days. He is the time traveler, DeLorean Diggs. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me, man. Like, huge fan of the show. I'm actually glad to be on here, actually. So it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I got a question. All are right. you doing, are you doing this show from your DeLorean? Is that why we're in the car? <laughs> we'll say yeah, we're doing it from the DeLorean. I'm still working on one right now. Uh, it's uh, it's been a year. That's the best way to put it. It's been a year. <laughs> it's been like a it's been like a three year. <laughs> true, true. It feels like it's all been one long ass year. Yes, yeah. I know, right? It's that's just the crazy thing about it, because like, uh, like thinking about it, like I mean, with the show coming up, like I remember, like kind of hearing about it, like in June, I was like all right, like you know, blackout's gonna happen, and then like now it's just like we're a couple days out, and I'm just like, what did I do for like the last like months leading to it? Because I feel it's, it's like right now it's gonna happen. I'm just like, oh man, this man, this year has been a blur. Yeah, I mean, I feel like life's just in general has been a blur. I mean, you guys are on the you guys are on the road a lot more than we are per se, traveling towns and towns. So like, I can imagine everything gels together. Just a mundane job, day to day, it's just like right. it all falls together. So when you actually have an extra extra thing to think about, like wrestling in front of people and actually. I mean, I'm sure that's the fun part, though. But oh, uh, it's the fun. Like honestly, like I'm pretty sure I might be that. I'm I'm one of like many wrestlers that can echo like when it comes to wrestling. Like honestly, like that's the one thing I look forward to. Um, outside of some wrestling Twitter, because sometimes that is just oh, that's a nightmare in itself. But like, it's just something about like hearing like a crowd go crazy whether they cheer you or boo you seeing people that's captivated with everything and like it's just in awe like and it's just like the wrestling fan in me as well too it's just like man like you know wrestling is cool in a lot of ways um like it just it reaches out something different and 
I can say like I'm humble, fortunate enough that I'm able to do that. And I hope I inspire people when it comes to things like that. Uh, but honestly, like wrestling has always been my escape from from just life, from things in general. Like it's the one thing that actually makes me happy. Well, I should say one of two things, because if I don't mention my fiance it makes me happy, she probably will kill me. Smart. Speaking from experience, <laughs> yes. Yeah. She, she will. <laughs> you won't live that down. And Larry can oh, echo that. Man, I know. Luckily, like, neither one of our significant others ever watch or listen to the show. So <laughs> we can talk as much shit as we want, honestly. But we'll for your true, case, we'll know. But I feel true. I feel as though she would probably try to she would watch it just to be like, oh, so like I'm this now all of a sudden. I was like, I didn't say it like that. You know, think of something to stretch it a little bit. Is anything about women they can flip your words like uh, Picasso painting? I know, right? Yeah, you could say one thing, and in your head, you're like, I really mean it this way. And she flips it back to you, like, How the hell did she take my words and turn it into that? Right. I was just like, They're nowhere near, like, I was like, That's nowhere near what I'm saying. But you meant it, though. And then after you start thinking, Did I mean it, though? Like, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe i did mean it. subconsciously maybe i did mean it that way and now right. you're apologizing. you didn't even think you should apologize for it mm-hmm. man some sith lord jedi mind trick is basically what i like to call it yeah they really do they own you mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. you put the ring on and you, they they know that they've got you and you can try and outthink them as outthink them as much as you want, but it never works. Never. Oh no, it never works. As a guy that rarely thinks, oh no, it never works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I did have another. I had a follow up for what we were just talking about and how wrestling is your escape, and mm-hmm. it's like it's something you enjoy to do. Like, how do you keep like the posi- positivity going, and how do you like kind of weave through bullshit and, be, and keep it positive like how does it like not feel like work like you're going to a job like how do you keep that differentiated well so like for me i'll say it's like a couple it's it's, there's a couple things one of them is just that you know like you hear people always talking about like you know when it comes to like their persona or like their character usually it's like either like so like a hidden personality or something like you know basically acted for me my my character is basically me amplified times like a hundred. So um, I would think that like, I mean, it's like one of those like, you know, I feel as though when it comes to myself, it's like, I think that, you know, I don't have to fake put on like, you know, when you're at a job, you know, like you got to dress a certain way. You got to say things this way. You can't be too blunt and obvious with a customer because, like, you know, you'll get some people that, like, snap back at it. Whereas in wrestling, like, I mean, you can do a little jaw jacket and all that, but it's out of just pure entertainment. And you know what? You might get, uh, you either get a fan out of it or you get a heckler out of it, which, how you look at it, can be pretty well. And I just feel as though trying to, when it comes to pushing out the negative, when it comes to a lot of things, I just feel as though it's one of those things where it helps that, I mean, I guess nine times out of ten, it kind of helps taking out your aggression on one person where it's just like, oh, I got a bad day. Like, I'm just going to just go ballistic and just like chop somebody, punch somebody. And, you know, they're going to do the same and vice versa, which I mean, 
it's a stress reliever to say the least. I mean, depending on how you look at it. Um, I mean, I'll say both of those things though, too, to be honest with you. It's just like one of those things you go in overall, you go into it knowing that like like nothing nothing can upset me outside of like you know me upsetting myself like having it be your zen basically and i sound like real like self to one when it came to saying that it's super zen but at least for me it's just like you know like if i like i walk through i walk out the curtain all my problems honestly is gone leading up to it like leading up to a match of some sort like you know Usually they always say, if you ain't nervous about something, then, like, you're not having fun. Like, and usually, like, there's times where, you know, I do get nervous, but that means, like, I'm really excited to actually, like, wrestle and all that. And there's times where the the nervousness don't hit me right away. It slowly creeps. And then when it's there, it's just like, gotcha. And I'm just like, oh, oh, we're here. Oh, we're definitely here. Oh, I forgot where I was at for a point in a second. No, I'm here. All right, let's do this, I guess. <laughs> I feel like the second one's a lot worse than the first one. True. I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just more, I'm a little bit calm a little bit sometimes. I think that's just me being weird, to be honest with you, that it's just like the second one is just as common as the first, but with the second one, people would be like, uh-uh, I can't handle this. I'm out. Mm-mm, no, absolutely not. <laughs> So, so I, I did want to ask, hold on, Joe, one second. Sorry to interrupt. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> since you are a two-time winner and you're going for the third time, it, what do you attribute the success? Uh, is there something that you do that you think that makes you more equipped to win these? Is it dumb luck? It, what is it going into this third one now that maybe that you can pull this off and Three in a row. So I'll rewind it back to the first one. The first time I won it, being an inaugural winner. The first time me winning it, you can call it dumb luck just because, I mean, everybody has a chance to be the first. Like, everybody has a chance to win it, but there's only one person that can win it for the first time and be, like, the first ever. So I'll consider that dumb luck. And then fast forward it. A year later, when I decided, you know what, like, I got a chance to do something that nobody else has done. So I get to choose, basically choose my fate on going first or last. And I chose to actually, I'm going to start it and I'm going to go the distance, call my shot, you know. And I felt as though then, like, winning it the first time helped me really, really build up my confidence Winning it the second time truly not only helped me help prove myself to myself, but prove, I mean, to to the management of Black Wrestlers Matter that I can be that guy to where if you if you want to lean on somebody, if you want a number to call, I can definitely be that person. And I feel as though my advantage is because you got people that going up to the match, they they don't do nothing lean up to it like me like i i i train hard i hit the gym hard and leading up this week i i can say that with my when it comes to my regimen especially when it comes to outlasting a a a rumble style battle royal style match i just 
hit, emphasize a lot of cardio to where I can be battle tested and prepared to go the distance. Now I added a couple things different this year than last year, which I feel as though it will help mentally prepare me to win it again. Cause I feel as though I have, I have a lot more to prove. I'll say this time around than the other two times around, mostly because I feel as though, and this might sound a little bit selfish. This might sound a little bit egotistical, but I feel as though I'm not getting the respect I rightfully deserve. And why I say that is because like everybody that's in the match, they said stuff, they took jabs, they called me a little bitch and all that, um, and just used a lot of false narratives to where, you know, I feel as though I'm being not only overlooked, but I'm being disrespected a little, little bit. Like, in, in hindsight, I helped set the table to where people that are getting this opportunity or getting another chance at this opportunity, they can eat off the same table that I helped lay a foundation on and I helped build. And I haven't gotten a, you know, I respect what you've done or thank you for actually doing what you did with the, with you being a two-time trophy rumble winner, holding it for over 735 days or anything like that. I haven't got I haven't gotten nothing outside of some recognition from a few fans from uh Black Wrestlers Matter itself. But the people in this match, all I got is I got the exact opposite of that. And some of it could be they they they're jealous of the success that I had with I have with the trophy and success I'm going to continue to get with this trophy. Um so it's a little bit more of I know what I can do. The people that are in this match don't know they think they know what they can do, but I feel as though they truly don't know what they can do because I've won this twice. And I know what it takes to win. And if it comes to that time where you know there might be that one guy that or girl, because I'm not going to discriminate, because the first year there was a girl that's in it and she knocked my block off. Um, that if they can show me otherwise, then I will gladly, I will gladly hand this trophy. But until then, I don't see nobody knocking me off my mountaintop. So if you win for a third time, does that automatically put you in the front of the line for the uh, silver smoker? I feel as though I've been in the front of that line for, I'll say about since last, for about a year now. Uh, but I feel as though me winning it the third time, it has no choice but to catapult me right in the front. Right past Brooke? I, I wouldn't say past Brooke because truth be told, I say because she, she deserved it and she won it last year to be the number one contender. Mm-hmm. I feel as though, and this might, this might sound a little bit of some shots being thrown. I feel as though Brooke should have a shot this year at this one over JDX already because 
And granted, I know I've seen Josh says that he doesn't hit a woman. And I was I was in the man in them. I respect that. But also she she bust her ass. She won the match that entitled her to be the number one contender. Mm-hmm. Now I feel as though you would need other people to help be contenders to it. Like let's just say, like a ranking system. I feel as though I should be number two or damn near tied for first when it comes to it, just because I feel as though me winning this two times already, being a back-to-back winner, holding a trophy longer than the person that's currently holding the silver smoker. I feel as though that may give me a little bit more leverage than others. And this ain't no disrespect towards all the great uh, African-American wrestlers that are not only on this car, but that is out wrestling right now. Because there are tons, there are tons, there is a lot of them. But I feel as though I am definitely the one, I can definitely be one of the people that is, I will say top two. No shot against Brooke. She deserves her chance. But I feel as though after that, I'm right, I'm right behind it. I feel as though I should be next after her. Well, if anything, it might leapfrog her because she couldn't even she's not gonna be able to attend this show. So yeah, she's I not saw that. She's not gonna be able to attend blackout. So another strong showing and another win for you might by default put you as the number one contender. It might, it might, do, it might do that. Like, I mean, I, I feel as though if the people, the if the powers at B winning it three times in a row, I feel as though when that happens, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when that happens, I feel as though that should put me right in the front. If anything, and maybe, and, and maybe if this if this leads to a match with Brooke down the road. For like to show who's like the true number one contender, I wouldn't say no to that. Brooke is great, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind you know testing myself out with one of the best that's out, or heck, do a triple threat. So I was I wouldn't thinking mind that as well too. The old triple threat match for the championship. Mm-hmm. How many good ones have been over the years where it's been triple threat? It just it adds that extra element of surprise into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though a triple threat would be great because that surprise element it would be myself. Because I feel as though whether because Brooke, everybody, everybody's done their like whoever, like let's just say, let's just fast forward, let's just say, you know, Ja, ja beats JDX. Like JDX knows enough about Brooke, and you can even say vice versa with Ja. Ja knows a lot about Brooke, but those three people don't know a whole lot about me. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to keep an eye on me or do their homework on me. They're just going to be like, "Oh, this guy, guy that run the Rumble two, three times in a row," and they might even throw some shots and Jazz be like, "Oh, a guy that couldn't make it to the main show, a guy that that's a a pre-show guy." Like, they might not take me serious. And you know what? I will welcome that, and I will accept that they're not going to take me serious because that would be the downfall of their of basically them thinking they're going to win the match. I think of out of all of those three, I, I, I can't see a JDX or a Brooke, for that matter, 
overlooking any challenger there may be. Now, Ja, I, I think all three of us know the attitude that Ja takes into most of his matches. Oh, so, oh, he can he can talk he can talk <clears throat> the talk like nobody can. Yeah, exactly. So, but I can't see a JDX or Brooke uh, overlooking anyone, especially you, who if you're in, like you said, or when you win that third one in a row. Uh, that puts even more clout behind your name. I can't see that happening. Yeah, and I and honestly, I hope I will, I love to be proven wrong on a lot of things, and I hope I get proven wrong if it comes to that if it comes down to that situation, to where they've they've done their homework. They're like, oh no, I actually respect what you've done. I know what you've done. I know what you can do, and you know, I would I would gladly be like, well, I'm sorry for doubting you, thinking that you that you overlooked me because I feel as though to get a shot at the silver smoker that the people that are involved in it, you can't overlook because if you overlook them one false step and then dreams over like that. Yeah. There's a lot of talent at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, tons of it. So I wanted to kind of go back and backtrack a little bit about like the feeling of, that that you get like how was the feeling different for this event like how was the anticipation different how was the whole vibe different leading up to event like blackout as opposed to other events that you've been a part of i mean i will say one of the things i will say is we're in chicago chicago's huge wrestling city um, and you know, it'll be the first time in a while that I've wrestled in Chicago. So it makes things like really a big fight field more, more than anything. I feel as though personally, and it's nothing against, you know, the, uh, Iowa area. Um, the few times I've done that a few times I've wrestled there. Um, and I feel as though another thing that makes it different is that even with the people that are, again, with the people that's in the match. Um, I feel as though this crop of people are just overlooking basically the standard I've set when it comes to basically being the for the culture rumble winner. I feel as though this, you like, for example, like there, there's a guy who I really can't stand named Alvin Falcone, who basically said that. Pride got me in the first one to win it. Pride, again, got me to win it the second one. But that same pride I have with everything I do is going to be my downfall this year. And then, you know, I got other people complaining about uh, that they don't get the recognition they deserve. Because most of the people that are in this match are from Chicago. And they feel like they, that by proxy, and I'm putting quotes on the proxy, that they, they're a shoe in to win it when there's like 15 other people that's from Chicago. So it's just like, like that doesn't help your claim out. And then there's other people that, that was in this match that was in it, whether it was last year or the year before that, of course, things didn't go up the way they attended it to. Like one guy is, uh, his name's Flash Harris. That's in this match. He was mad because this guy was in it last year. And literally, but the moment I blinked, he was already eliminated from the match. So, That's not good. He, oh no, it's not good at all. So he has no chance of winning this as well, too. And then there's a, <laughs> then there's another guy that's in it, 
who he thinks he's a king of some sort. And he, you know, like, like he reminds me of a farce king booker per se. So I don't believe none of that at all. Like everything he said, because he's talking about calling people peasants and that how he had to leave Chicago to build himself up to come back to basically say like everything that touches that I touch is mine, basically being like a spoiled little uh, brat. So I feel as though just to sum it all up, I feel as though with this year, there's a lot of ego and it's not just coming for, this is not ego for me. It's just a lot of ego in itself to where people feel as though that they're privileged to be the rumble winner without even the match even even starting without even stepping in the ring and testing themselves against the guy that has w- held it for over again 700 days and i might sound like a broken record saying it but for 700 days me being the for the culture rumble winner elevated my career and i just think that that's what people don't understand how badly I want to win this again just to prove all the doubters, prove all the, prove on the naysayers that the first time I won it, the world closed on me due to COVID. So that so I had a chip on my shoulder that second year to prove with the world opening up again that this was just not I'm not a one trick pony that I can I can do this again. And with things opening up, like it can expand my horizon, which I have done. I have won it again, and I have been hitting the road, hitting the towns, like being in new places, being in new promotions. And I feel as though I've helped elevate what that trophy can represent and bring. But I feel as though winning it one more time will cement my legacy. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about me establishing my legacy and being one of the best people that's on the Black Wrestlers Matter roster is that I need to make sure that, because, I mean, we have the Brooke Valentines in the world. We have the Jossies in the world. We have the JDX in the world. We have the Mike Outlaws in the world, Camaro Jackson, Kenny Alfonso, Devon Monroe. I can go on and on and on about the people that I respect, that that has a name that hopefully one day I can go, I can go blow for blow, tip for tat with though, and test myself. And I feel as though with the people in this match, they're not seeing it through the lens I'm seeing it. That this is more than just having an accolade or a claim. This is more than just saying that I've did this and I don't care about it anymore. Like, truth be told, I care about this trophy. I care about this match more ways than one. People can go to bed and sleep and forget about this match that had, like, the match if they're in it. I never forget about it. As they say, that you never forget about your first time. But, like, I remember my first time, and I remember my second time, which resulted in me being a back-to-back winner. Now I'm going to remember my third time when I successfully win this as being that guy that can go and be the man. And again, this is not this this can be considered as a shot towards every to, to the people that's in this match, even to hell, even to the people that's not in this match. If it's if this if this is a shot towards you guys, it's a shot towards you guys. It's 
it's personal to me. It's business for me. And I feel as though with that chip I have, it's going to make me win this again. So it's clearly you have you have a standard that you want to live up to. But you what is also apparent that I've heard is that you know what you have to do and you have like you're not your ego isn't involved because you know you still have work to do to get to that top spot. Like you see, you see it. But I you see know it. it's not fogging your vision so much to know that look, I know I still have to do more to get to a different level. Like you don't think you're at the level already. You're not complacent of where you are. You know that there's still work to be done. Correct. Cause I feel as though I've I can always be better. I can always improve myself. I can always tap into another level and be better than I am. And I feel as though people nowadays, some people are very complacent with where they're at and they don't, they don't put in the work. They don't, they don't train themselves. They don't, you know, they don't, they, they don't, their passion ain't, as big as mine because I feel as though for me that like I love this too much and I'm not settled with being like okay I've done this there's all I can like I I've done this I'm just gonna be satisfied with where I'm at and just be complacent or being like a shoot I didn't get it then well there's always there's always a tomorrow I guess I look forward to then and not do nothing about it except just eat like a pint of ice cream and just cry like a little girl about it. No, I'm just going to be like, I can be better than where I am now. And I know I can be better than where I'm at now. Like where I'm at now, it's pretty great. I can, be, I can, pa- I can surpass that. And I feel as though that's what puts me ahead of the rest of the people that are in this match is because I'm okay with failing. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I've done, I've established something that a lot of people say that they can't do and what most people won't do. And I feel as though is that with me being accepting the failure, I know as well, too, when it comes to my failure, I know what levels of success I can do and I can make myself produce. And I feel as though with those two things being my outlier, I feel as though it puts me ahead of everybody, everybody. And I feel as though with the people that are in it, they don't have that outlier. They don't have that. They don't have that. Oh, I didn't like I'm acceptable to losing because some people are bitter. When you lose, you become bitter. That it's 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 human nature. You don't, I mean, for example, for Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan has failed before. And some people were just like, oh, when Michael Jordan fails, he became bitter. When Kobe Bryant failed, he became bitter. No, what they do is they they recognize what it is to be at their lowest of lows, but they know what they have to do to be at the highest of highs. And they didn't complain about it. They didn't just sit and mope about it. No, they put in the work. And that's one thing I'm consistently doing is putting in the work, trying to improve myself, push myself to 
my highest limits and seeing, okay, I can go further than this. I know I can be better than this. And the other people, they just complacent. They don't, they don't want it more than I do. And I, that's what it all comes down to. So here's a, a question for you. What one person would be across the ring from you that you think would bring out the absolute best in you and give you the most that you've ever had and be able to put on the best performance that you've ever put on? To be honest with you, do I, do I want to say people that are in the match or people that are even people that's not in the match? Anybody. Anybody. So I feel as though I got a few people in mind. And if I don't name you, no disrespect. It's just I feel as though with these people, I consider them to be the standard bearer of what I can be or what I can become when it comes to being the absolute best. JDX, Jossie. There's a guy that's been on my that's been grinding my gears for better part of a couple months, but he's he's pushed me, and his name is Alvin Falcon. And I would say, you know, talking about Brooke, I know Brooke can do that because she's a heavy hitter, and she she drops anybody. And I feel as though she's def, she definitely can bring that out. And Kenny Alfonso is another one that I really want to cross the ring with one day. Um, and honestly, those are. I will say those are my four. Those will be like my four pillars. Hmm. And this would be all first time matchups. Um, all except for uh, Alvin Falcon because I've wrestled him a few times. But he's one that has already brought the best out of you. Correct. One. Yes. So you think Correct. the other ones would do the same thing, but in different ways. Correct. I feel like there'd be a lot more mind games if you were to go face to face with Jossie. A lot more, a lot more mind games for sure. Cause I feel as though with Ja, he's he's great at what he does. One of the things he's great at is talking. Because he can he he can he can talk Chinese to a deaf man and believes that he's speaking to him in French. And I feel as though he can back he can back up all the words that he said, but I feel as though mentally I would have to prepare myself for it. Now, when it comes to JDX, I feel as though I'll have to challenge myself all around when it comes to him. Because it's 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 more physical, it's physical, mental, and emotional, or how bad do I really want it? And I feel as though Brooke is more of the physical standpoint because she's a powerhouse. I agree. I feel like it's three very different matchups that would prepare you in completely different ways. It would Agreed. be kind of like if you rolled them all into one, <laughs> as funny as it would be like the total package of wrestling. Honestly, that's a good way of putting it. Well, as you said, you just took the the mouth, the promo, the manipulator, and Jossie, the speed, the quickness, the athleticism. JDX, and then the sheer power and just domination of Brooke. Yeah, that is is actually the total package right there. You roll them all into one person, you're fighting Thanos. (laughs) Yeah. And Thanos ain't going to snap on this one, man. I tell you. I ain't letting him snap. 
<laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you, would de- you would definitely have to go back in time a couple times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely a couple times. So, Deloitte, I do want to kind of turn a little bit because, like we said in the very beginning, you are the time traveler. Your name, uh-huh. your first name, DeLorean. Obviously, you have to be a fan of Back to the Future. And I've seen a couple of your posts about the 90s. So by that, I assume that we are all around the same age. Like I saw one that you put up was the 90s starter kit. And it was a blockbuster yep. video. And it was um, TGIF. And it was the Pizza Hut, the long pizza. And, and just yep. everything that it just screamed nostalgia to me and put me back into a Friday night back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and there was mm-hmm. a picture of golden eye and there was it just yep. everything that was on that. It's there's something about that era, that decade that we look at so lovingly that I don't think other, I mean, look, the eighties are a great decade. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Without a question. But the nineties, there's something about the nineties that us nineties kids it's hard to beat that decade. We hold yeah. on. I'm going to, I'm going to steal your word real quick. And as you described that whole TGIF setup, I've, it was a Zen like experience. It was, <laughs> it was Zen. It was yes. Put me back it in was. front of freaking the TV. And I'm just like, this is where I want to be Friday night. Right. Right. So short end story of, cause I know uh, when it came to the, I was love Back to the Future. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the story when it comes to that is so my mom, God rest her soul, my dad and my grandma was watching Back to the Future 2. So around that time, they were thinking of names because uh, I'm a twin uh, because I'm a twin. Uh, I got a fraternal brother. So they were thinking like, okay, like let's start thinking of names now. So, uh, what should we think of for names? They said, okay, for the oldest, we'll just, we'll use Demetrius, because, I mean, why not? It's a common name, uh, somewhat common name. And then it was like, all right, let's just think of a name that's just, com- nobody completely has something that's unique, random, but, like, awesome at the same time. And, like, without a drop of a hair, my grandma was like, why don't you name him DeLorean? Nobody has that name. And plus, Everybody loves DeLorean and Back to the Future. So me being a kid hearing that story, of course, I, I got to as a kid, I got to see what the hype is about. I got to watch Back to the Future. I got to watch Back to the Future 2. I got to watch Back to the Future 3. And I will say it's the best one of the best trilogies of all time. Second. So it's just yep. like, it's just like, yes, like I, I love it. And it's just, it's something about nostalgia for me that it just it it takes me back like you know like from like you know being in sitting in a toys r us back then going to the gaming aisle seeing an n64 and a playstation or a sega dreamcast have the demos and you just sitting there playing it for a while look it up yep yeah breaking your neck looking looking way up (laughs) trying to play and or even like you know when 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 um blockbuster was a thing, like man, like before there was a Netflix, there was a blockbuster. Before there was a Hulu, there was a blockbuster. 
Like, I mean, there was Hollywood videos depending on where you went at. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I mean, you don't have to go to like a Walmart or a Walgreens, depending on where to go to get like popcorn and soda. Everything's right there where you need it. Yep. Like, got popcorn there. You get the tub there if you need it. Got some candies. Hey, like, you know, get some Mike and Ike's or get some, get some dipping dots. Get some, get, get whatever you like. It's a variety. <laughs> and it's just like the TV show, man, they don't make TVs like they used to, too, man. Like, I remember, so I remember getting into a debate with uh, someone about uh, the actually Ninja Turtles. Actually, believe it or not, and so, so this person, I'm not going to name, I'm not going to say their name, I'm not going to talk about their age, but they were just like, uh, so like the Ninja Turtles that they're doing now, they just don't hit, and like the like one of his friends was just like, I kind of like him to be honest with you. So then I was just like, so you prefer this series over all the other stuff that they've done. And he was talking about the, which one? I would say like the 2018-2019 Ninja Turtle series, which mm-hmm. it's it's good for what it was. But for me, like, I, I, love, I love the late 80s, early 90s Ninja Turtles. Yes. The, the Turtle Power, like that song, like they had them rapping and all that. I love that. Uh, even 2002 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Forever a classic. And he was just like, I've never seen the 2002 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was just like, oh man, you're missing out on everything. So it's just something like that. Because like, nostalgia is passion for me. And it's just like, I could go on for days about, because I mean, granted, like, and I feel as though with people nowadays, when it comes to like YouTube and things like that, it's just like they don't understand how hard it was. One back in the day when YouTube, like you had to deep, deep search for stuff. And even then, like it wouldn't show in your area. But I still remember back then, like as a kid, waking up early in the morning, not to watch or go on the internet to watch YouTube, but to put it on like kids WB. Or uh, ABC Kids on Saturday morning to watch like Recess or Looney Tunes, <laughs> Yu Gi Oh, Jackie Chan Adventures, Mucha Lucha, Power Rangers. Like, I can go on for days about that because that was a grind. Because if you miss that episode, you're going to be in torment for that week. Yep. <laughs> if you if you missed if you'd missed TGIF and you didn't see Family Matters and Boy Meets World and all and you went into yeah. school on Monday and you didn't see the episode, you you were done. You were lost. There was you no school. So yeah. Like it like if you had cable, it sometimes helped because I know there was like some channels where there's like a like for example, there's like a like a ABC East and like an ABC West. So yeah. so it's just like one of those like oh like if you stay if you like live on the east like if you're like in the central or you live in the east coast, it's like oh I missed it. But like there's a West channel for it, and you know it's gonna air like mm-hmm. two to three hours later. You wait for that, so I was like, all right, I'm not gonna miss it. Unfortunately, yeah. like it, it took years for me to be that kid to have cable to be like, oh, like I can watch it. Like, man, people didn't understand, like, especially like leaving school. Because for me, I was a huge Toonami fan. And like I love Toonami. I raced home 
getting done with school to try to beat the three o'clock time hour. So I can be like, okay, Tsunami starts with this show called Reboot, which I love. And then after that was a, a, a Gundam Wing show. It's like, I can't miss those. If I have an after school program that I need to go to, whether it's anything sports or like debate or like choir or anything like that, I'm going to hate myself for it. But usually I will check like a TV guide or anything like that back in the day. Oh, man. Speaking of TV guys, man. Yes. Yes. You dated yourself immediately when you said I would check the TV guide. That was it right there. Like like you check to see what's going to be on for like the week or a month and be like, all right, I know it's going to be on this day. So I am not going to miss it. Whereas when you had the TV guide, you're like looking forward to it and you didn't know that they changed it. And you're just like sitting here like, what is this? And you, no, and you had no guide to tell you otherwise like what is you're just sitting there you're like i'm so angry right now <laughs> so funny story actually so when back in the day so when raw ended up moving um i forgot what channel they were on before they moved to usa t it was a tnn was it tnn i think so yeah. i think it was tnn so so I forgot that they announced that they were moving over to TNN. So literally like the time like when Raw came on and I was still on TNN and I was just like, okay, it's Ribley's Believe It or Not and it's uh, <laughs> and some other show after that. I was just like, wait, did I like, I don't think Raw is canceled. Like, like as a kid, I'm just like, what's going on? And then, like, I'm like, and this is like, this is about nine o'clock right now. So I'm just angry. I'm just like, there is no wrestling on. Like, what is going on? And my dad hit the TV guide for me. So he was just like, oh, you want to watch wrestling, huh? I was like, yes. Like, it's like, it's always on TNN. And I don't, it's not on. Like, it's some, uh, it's, I forgot the name of it. I forgot the name of the show, but it's like those two dudes that like talk in Japanese voiceovers and they just oh, show people Extreme watching XC. Like, oh, no, that, most extreme yes. Yeah. That that was on. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not here to watch this. I want to watch wrestling. And he was just like, You didn't check the TV guy, did you? I was like, No. He was like, They moved, they they moved over to a different channel. And I was like, Wait, what? He was like, <laughs> Yeah, it's on USA. And I'm just turning to, I was like, Oh, you're joking. And I was like, I literally, well, and, and I'm mad at myself because I was just like, oh, I can just go through like all like 60 or 70 channels. That's on like the TV guy and just like flip through weight, flip through weight. No, I just decided to sit down and just be mad and just soak <laughs> in that maybe I should have checked the TV guy for just in case. Because I, I checked it frequently and made sure I was on top of it. But one day I wasn't, and I was mad. I was so mad. I love how you brought up the flip and wait. Yes. Because I remember doing that and always, like, going past. I was like, it's got to be on here. And then it'd be on a commercial. I'd be like, I guess it's not on here. Then I would just keep going. And then I would come back. I'd be like, oh, it's still not on. I guess it's not on. <laughs> well, and that's, and, the thing, and that's the thing, too, was the commercials. Because it was just like you flip and wait. Okay, commercial. Flip and wait. Another commercial. <laughs> flip and wait. Okay, they're showing something on TBS. This ain't it. All right. Flip, wait. Okay, now you got like uh, 
Antique Roadshow on or something like that. Oh, I'm way too far back. I got to go backwards. And then it's just... It's, it's the whole rinse cycle repeat and just waiting. The struggle that kids will never understand of the 90s of the things that we had to do watching TV. Like, I mean, I you have the generation before that they were the channel changer and they had to go up and turn the TV. They go up and turn the TV. But, I mean, that, that TV guy generation, the generation of click and wait, click and wait, and trying to see what's on, having to go to the TV guide and actually see what's on. And even, like Joe said, it might not be on. They they might have scheduled right. something completely different. Or I hated the U.S. Open when it would go on USA and completely <laughs> oh take over Monday Night God. Raw or the dog yep. show. I'm like, come on, man, these stupid dogs. I want to watch wrestling. I want to watch a dog show. Dude, it seems... got it. They got it so easy now. They just don't understand. <laughs> no, they it's don't. the entitled hour. It, it really is the entitled hour that we live in. They don't understand. They just man. don't get it. It's we crazy. Sound, we sound so old, but it, it really is. <laughs> the whole, everything at your fingertips. Yeah. The struggle that we had to do when we were man. The it's the, like the, there's no vindication anymore of just waiting to be like, oh, like I gotta wait a week to watch like a new episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> I will wait. I will wait. Yes. And no, then it's what? just like now. Now it's just like oh, like you know people binge watch series on netflix like it's no tomorrow and be done it's just like no like i don't want to sit and just watch through the whole series i like waiting to where it's just like okay i gotta wait a week for this so i gotta sit in this and not only that i get to talk to people about this what happened mm-hmm. it's not it's not like how it is now to where it's just like oh like i've watched two episodes of stranger things and i want to talk about it with somebody and then after it's like oh i've watched the whole thing and it's just like, wait, what? Like, uh, I'm not that far in yet. And they already spoiled it for me. So I'm just like, God. Yep. No, back then, we didn't have a spoiler alert system either. No one ever, we kids were ruthless. If you yeah. didn't oh. see it, they were, they were telling you about it, whether you wanted to hear it or not. That yes. was yep. cool. that now you have this whole thing where it's a spoiler alert. I never I didn't even know there was a such thing as a spoiler alert. Because when I was a fucking kid, you just fucking no, you went in the next day. If you didn't see it. Now you're going to know whether you want to or not. I felt so bad because I spoiled one of the biggest reveals in Raw history to my buddy at school. And it was the (laughs) higher power when Vince was the higher power and he didn't see that Monday Night Raw. And I go into school so excited to talk to him. And the first words out of my mouth were, can you believe it was Vince who was the higher power? And he's like, I I, I didn't get to see Raw last night. I was like, Oh no! Like the disappointment in his face. Like you just I can't. I can can relate to that because I was the exact same way. Because I missed the raw when they were do. They were showing like they were they were doing like the w. They was cut kind of the start of the WCW invasion. So like they had it was the episode where uh, DDP was revealed himself as a stalker. (laughs) Yeah. So like I didn't I so like I didn't watch that episode. And I think that's the same one like Lance Storm showed up. So um I missed that and uh my neighbor was just like bro, he was like, Man, like I can't believe DDP was a stalker. And I was like, What? What are you talking about? He was like, Man, he's he's the stalker, he's been stalking Sarah. And I was just like, Wait, that happened yesterday? 
He was just like, oh, you didn't watch it, did you? And I was just like, no, I missed it. I had a birthday party to go to. <laughs> he was just like, oh, man, it was sick. Like, he came yeah. out on a motorcycle like The Undertaker, had the hood up. It was dark. He put his hand up like the fist, like doing the Undertaker, like last ride thing. And then he took it off. And then, like, the lights came up. It was DDP. And the crowd went crazy. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, like, there's no way. <laughs> this generation, they don't get it. They just don't. They do, they don't mm-hmm. understand it. They do, nope. they don't understand the struggle of actually like spoiling something and the instant like sadness and regret of being like, I can't believe I've missed it. I feel like this show could go another three hours with nostalgia stuff. Cause like the first thing that came to mind when we said about the struggle was trying to record a song on a cassette and hit and record at the same time as soon as the commercial ends. Yeah, on the radio. And like as soon as the DJ stopped talking, you had to hurry up and hit record real quick and then stop it right before the DJ came back on. Like st- stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's yeah, definitely kids yes. won't understand that. Making a voicemail. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. making a voicemail was such hard because it's just like you had to put your cell phone at the time close to your stereo, <laughs> playing your favorite song, have Dude. it play like the opening like 10, 15 seconds of it. And then you come in and be like, hey, sorry, I'm not here right now. Leave me a message. I'll get back to you and put it right back at the stereo yep. so I can finish I playing it. Oh, about the best man. Like that, that took me back when you said that. <laughs> my great no key. I remember this to this day. My My voicemail was mc's hammer you can't touch it so every time you do the no no i would cut it off and i go leave a message <laughs> oh my god it was 30 seconds of me doing that and everyone hated it i would never ever call you ever like i, I would never want to fucking call you i'm like i'll, I'll never- wait to see you I, I never am crying right now. That is awesome. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's I great. I was like, you have to hear my voicemail. <laughs> and like, it was one of those things too, to where, well, at least for me, like, depending on the mood you were in, you were constantly changing it. So, like, mm-hmm. one, like in one mood, like you was doing MC Hammer K touches, <laughs> and then like, let's just say, like, you know, you had that crush in school that you wanted <laughs> to impress. You play like Michael Jackson or Prince or like a slow R&B song. So when they call and you you say you were busy, but mostly it's just like so you can hear them listen to the song. And then like when when you call them back, it's like, oh, I heard you got a, you got a nice little voicemail. It's just like, yeah, like you know that song I thought of when I think of you. That, that Usher that. Like, Usher, you got it bad playing in the background like that. That yep. would be that would mm-hmm. be it right there. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that's the one right there. <laughs> Oh man, man, it was just man the grind of that man. Yeah, it sparks your creativity so much more though. I feel like those '90s kids, their their creativity is just like that. That's where I got mine was just being goofy as a kid. Yeah, I still okay. I live it to this day. Like I just yep. like it's a mindset. <laughs> it, it it is honestly, it's a mindset. So, like I said, we could go on for hours and most likely we're going to have another episode to where that's all we're going to have to talk about is we're going to have to do a 90s nostalgia episode. But I'm um, for it. 
But so I'm let's definitely. veer this back to Black Wrestlers Matter this Friday <laughs> night, September 2nd in Chicago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe some last words. What going into this for everyone, all the competitors going up against you? What are the, some of the last things you got to say leading up to this big match, which, like you said, you will be bringing home for a third time? Basically, y'all gonna people that are in this match. Y'all gonna put respect on my name. People that are watching it. You're gonna you're gonna see something that is gonna be history in the making. That's me winning it for a third time, to where. I can put myself in the echelons of being one of the best wrestlers on the Black Wrestlers Matter show and get a shot at that silver smoker. So if y'all want to prove me wrong for the people that's in this match, I hope you do that. But the thing is, I feel as though my determination and my grit outshines your determination and grit because I know what it takes to win this. Y'all, unfortunately, do not. I was like, most of you guys, some of you guys are in this match again. Y'all know what it's like to lose. I hope you find some way to win, but I'm not going to make it easy for you. Or I might not make it happen at all because I got a death. I got a fucking death grip on this trophy. So it's just like, you're, you like, keep- you're going to, you're going to like, I mean, I ain't going to say you're going to have to kill me to take away from me because I mean, that's physically true. But I feel as though at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I'm going to be the last one standing. I've done it twice. What makes y'all think that the third time is going to be as hard as the first time or the second time? Because there's a couple new people in it. The couple people that might be bigger, might be better. I've, I've beat bigger. I've beat better. I've beat smaller. I've beat better. Point is, that trophy means a lot to me. Like I stated earlier, I... That trophy means the world to me more than anything outside of my fiance, which I have to throw that subly in there. But back to back to the matter at hand, I've done so much with this trophy. And I, like I've stated a few weeks ago, I thank God for this trophy every single day. And I will do absolutely everything in my power to not lose it. And then if it comes to the point that I can trade that trophy for a chance at the silver smoker, and I hope the people, the higher ups at B are watching this, I will cash this in for a chance at that silver smoker, that black wrestlers marriage championship, which also says I am definitely going to keep my eye on that main event. Best of luck to the winner, whoever that may be. I don't have a person who I am personally going for or rooting against. Only thing I see is that silver smoker, and I want it just as much as I want this trophy, and I'm going to keep it. All right, there you go. There you have it. September sixth, shot or second, Shy Town Friday night fights, baby. Let's get it. So, DeLorean, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great having you, great talking to you. And we cannot wait to see you defend that trophy and uh, bring it home for the third straight time. So, thanks again, and uh, have a great night. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me on here. We got to do this again. Yes, for sure. Pretty sure we already scheduled that for the next time. Yeah. 90s night. (laughs) 